0: This is this, 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 this,
1: this, Fight Disciples.
0: We are gathered here today
1: for the Fight Disciples. UFC and boxing talk.
2: It's Tuesday night with up the top of the tower. It can mean only one thing. We are back. We are the Fight Disciples, the multi-award winning Fight Disciples, fresh from our silver trophy from the Arias last week. Not going to talk too much about that because it wasn't gold. And we're winners, that's all we talk about. And tonight, I'm delighted to say, I've got two, you know what, make it three. I've got three winners in the studio with me as well, which we're going to get stuck into in just a minute. But first and foremost, let's do a little bit of boxing news for the city. We are the Fight Disciples, of course. This is all about Merseyside's fight scene, boxing and MMA. Big boxing show tonight, of course. A little bit of boxing news to kick us off. We teased about it on our Fight Disciples podcast earlier in the week. Uh, It's now been all but confirmed. Paul Butler is going to be first reserve for Ryan Burnett, Nanito Dene, World Boxing Super Series quarterfinal in Glasgow on November the 3rd. Butler as yet will face an unknown opponent, but due to the fact that Nanito Dene is rather famously, I think we can say now because everyone's talking about it, struggling to get down to to the weight division, uh, Butler will be first reserve. It could well be. Butler versus Ryan Burnett in Glasgow on November the third. Cracking card, dad as well. Obviously, uh, Josh Taylor uh, taking on Martin in the in their side of the draw. Also, another bit of news for the city: Super Sam Maxwell has been added to the uh, cracking Carl Frampton, Josh Warrington bill on December the twenty second. Destined for Manchester Arena, sensational show at the end of the year. Big thumbs up here. Alex Dicko, the heavyweight, is also going to be on the show. A little bit of a teaser there. Who's in the studio with me? One of the three in the studio with me. And JJ Metcalf, of course, is on that bill as well. We talked about that on last week's show. Uh, a final bit of news. Steve Wood has announced that he's going to do a show in Liverpool at the Olympia on November the 30th. It includes all domestic scrap between Tom McGuinness of Liverpool and Colin Day of Skelmersdale. Also, Masha Dodd, Tom Farrell, Luke Willis, and a lineup of other lads on that card as well. However... That's November the 30th. Tonight, we're going to talk about this Saturday night at Grand Central Hall in Liverpool City Centre. The ERT pro team are back. Massive show. Tons of action on there. Loads of local interest. I'm delighted to say three of the main protagonists join me in the studio tonight. The one and only heavyweight Alex Dickinson. Of course, All I've right. just revealed that as well. Um, superstar in the making, Nick Ball, joins me in the studio as well. All right, Nick. And the main man as well, Paul Stevo.
1: Hello, Nick.
2: Mate, Kraken show this weekend. This is what it's all about. ERT back in the mix.
1: Big pro card. Six
2: five five fights on? Five fights,
1: yeah. What time's first
2: bell? What can we expect? Who's on there? Give okay. us the full lowdown.
1: Okay, well the doors open at seven. Um first bell at eight. And you've got a we've got a good a card, we've got a sort of um next generation team, the show's called New Generation of uh, of young pros coming through. So We've got a DeBison, a uh, young Conor Butler. Conor won a few national titles, been all over the world boxing for England. Yeah. Uh, he's making his pro debut, and then we've got uh, of course uh, young Michak Spear, two and all, a um, couple of knockouts, um, looking to uh, to really you know gain some momentum. Good puncher Michak and uh, a vicious operator. Yeah. We've got young Brandon Dayord. Brandon Dayord was a, a eight-time national champion in the amateurs, real dazzling talent. He's uh, he's, he's been come along great four and always a pro. Looking to make it five. Then we've got, uh, of course, Nick Ball, who um, had a great show on last time out. Got a 2nd round uh, stoppage at uh, a Green Bank. And then um, and Alex Dickinson, of course, uh, former ABA heavyweight champ, who's uh, having his fifth, sixth, sorry, uh, bout on the show. So looking good things for uh, for Alex. Of course, yeah. Let's come straight
2: over to you, Nick, first and foremost. I was going to say, when you were talking about Mishak Spear there, I was going to go... Meshach, for me, stole a show at yeah. Green Bank, but he didn't, unfortunately. Mm. He looked like he'd stole the show, but then enter Nick Ball, who absolutely steals the show <laughs> in an All Derby Classic. I never got to speak to you in the aftermath because the aftermath, I kind of got wrapped up in the whole was it premature? Was it premature kind of finish? But I didn't get the chance to speak to you, who, I'll be honest, mate, you look sensational on the
0: night. Yeah, thanks. I just done what I had to do come out and put it on him and finished early. Like you- it was always going to happen in life. Yeah.
2: Well, that was the thing, obviously. I had yourself, Brian and Paul, with the three of us sat in the studio the week of that show. And obviously, Brian was you know, very confident, talking the big talk. And you were very quiet, Nick. You were just kind of sitting there. But all you kept saying was, the finish is going to come. Yeah. I'm going I'm to get the finish. And boy, did you get the finish.
0: Yeah, that's how, that's how I like to just keep myself. Like, keep myself to myself and do me talking in the ring. And like, I think a lot of people underestimate me. But then when I get in the ring, it changes, so... What was that experience like? Obviously, you know, you're very early in your pro career
2: to be able to say, I've fought in my home city in, you know, less than double figures into my pro career against the local rival. We did the local press. We did the whole build-up. We had that animosity. His friends and family were there. My friends and family were there. Usually that's something pros
0: don't experience. They're well into double figures. And you've done it this early in your career. What was it like? It's good um, to show people what like, what you're about. but um, and. Like instead of people just fighting like the genuine and stuff, it's good to show them what you're about. But I still don't think I've had the chance to show people what I'm about yet, really. So
2: from a coaching perspective, Paul, that kind of experience is invaluable, surely, because it's not necessarily what he does in the ring. Because you know what he can do in the ring. You know, you were when you were in here when we did the preview show you were supremely confident of course you were you, you, you know, you'd work with Brian anyway but obviously yeah. you, you've got a lot of belief in Nick yeah. so w- what you learn on a night like that is it what goes on in the ring or is it what he does in the dressing
1: room how he handles himself yeah. it's, it's, the old, uh, it's the old package to be honest because these little tests they're the tests of um, they're the tests of ability of course in the, in the fights that you get but they're the tests of character in, 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 the, in the build up to it so um, as you said we're in here on the radio station it's only is, uh, Nick's fifth fight at the time um, sixth sorry and with um, you know, we're doing, we're doing. we doing a, a day before weigh in with with um. There's there's not needle as such, but pressure to puff to perform and to do well and to show what you're about. I was very confident because, of sometimes when you're training boxes, so you know, especially a squad of boxes, one will rise ahead of the rest of the pack, then another one will, then another one will. And Nick at the minute is on the rise. Right? He's um he's impressing a lot to me and everyone we brought into sparring with, they you know they believe in not too happy and to the point where I was having to say to the trainers look can you keep this quiet because we don't want to scare our man off you know? <laughs> Nick on the day was, was brilliant you'll see uh, you were there uh, yourself Nick uh, Brian coming you know, good luck to Brian he, he fought his heart out and had a good goal coming with a huge entourage he was me the cutsman and Nick in our corner and they're pacing the ring and snarling and fuming and Nick was the calmest man in the place just yep. relaxed smiling and he, you know, Nick knows what he can do he's confident and then when the bell went of course you well, know, they've been calling Nick the Honey Badger lately. You know he's a, uh, a vicious, strong, uh, very talented, you know boxer. And uh, I've got high hopes, on Nick I'm, I'm convinced Nick can become a, a world champion in the future. And you're just seeing little glimpses of him early on. Yeah, of course. Obviously, I
2: first read your name associated with the amateurs, Nick, but I'd never really seen you fight live until that night at Greenbank. Yeah. And as soon as <laughs> I seen you, I thought, well, you're made for the pro game. Your yeah. style is made for this game. Yeah. So th- is that was that part of the reason why you've turned over so
0: young? Yeah. Probably, yeah, because I knew I was made for it and it's my style, you know, like similar to the, like well, it is my style a pro game, yeah. Why, why do you fight
2: like that? Because the, the beauty of ERT is there isn't one style. You you don't look at an ERT boxer and immediately go, oh, he's clearly from ERT. Yeah, it's all Which, different. And you can do that with a lot of clubs, not just in this city, but across the country. But in ERT, and that's probably a credit to Paul, every, you guys have all got kind of different styles, you know what I mean? Kind of. He brings out the best of what you are. So why do you fight the way you do, that kind of strong Mexican, almost like a Mike Tyson rolling and punching style? Where does it come from?
0: I think it's just in me. I've always always boxed like that since I was young. Come forward, aggressive and put it on you. I think it's just in me. Was
2: it watching Mike Tyson videos as a kid or...?
0: Yeah, I do do watch them, yeah. Paul has is watching some old tapes in the gym as well, so watching them and seeing how Mike Tyson and that used to fight, that's that's the style I like. Of course.
2: As a heavyweight, Alex, surrounded by, you know, this plethora of, let's be honest, smaller fighters. Yeah. I'm
3: still I'm still quicker than them. Yeah. Just, <laughs> than them. Don't worry about
2: that. just pull that mic into your face for us there, like, so we can make sure you're in the same room. But, yeah, yeah. oh, is that how it is? Yeah, on the yeah, track, honestly. in the swimming pool, and all that. It's still a main Beat man them
3: on the track. Throw more punches than them, <laughs> and you can fight them, can't you? All at once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. King of the ring.
2: Absolutely, yeah. but. You know, in all seriousness, to have all these young lads who are yeah. small, fast, skillful everything from a heavyweight perspective, to have that as part of the squad, part of the team.
3: I've got to keep up with them.
2: Well, that's what I mean. It's got to push you to the next level altogether yeah. because you can't afford, with all due respect, you can't afford to train like a proper heavyweight mm. surrounded by... Because the, comp- the competitor in you, I'm sure, is like, well, if he's going to do sack in such and such a time, yeah. well, I'm
3: going to push for yeah. that time as yeah. well. Yeah, well, it's mainly I mean the track. Obviously, they are quicker quicker than me on the track with the long distance stuff. The short distance, I'm catching up with them. Um, but on the bag work, when we do like a, a bag day in the gym, and uh, they're going for it on the bag, and I'm keeping, I'm trying to keep up with them. And I'm do. You can see the difference in the sizes of how quick they are, and especially Nick, Nick's, uh, when when that fight week for him, when I come in and spoke to you about it, I even said to you like. He's an animal, Nick Boy, like yep, watching he did. and uh watching every not just Nick but everyone else in the gym. The the work rate them especially with this, this this show coming up, um the gym's flying and the lads are looking unbelievable.
2: Absolutely. Your own heavyweight journey yep. has been faultless so far. I think I think we're safe to say. You've enjoyed every step of the way. I know we've talked before, you you're kind of in this weird position where you're jumping from big arena shows Coming back down to more of a small hall show, then going over to Belfast, and as you as you just revealed, then December twenty second, you're back at the Manchester Arena. Is it difficult for you to stay focused on cards like this? I know you've had a late change of opponent. We can't even talk about your opponent for Saturday because that's the little bit up in the air right now. Is is that difficult for you knowing that? Okay, one minute I'm fighting in front of you know nine ten thousand, then I'm coming back down to fight in front of you know necessarily a small hall show. And how do you kind of
3: balance that out? No, it doesn't really bother me because. It's the same ring, so it doesn't bother me. Where I'm boxing, as long as I'm, I'm boxing, really. Yeah. So I've had uh, I've had six fights, and I think three of them have been in like a small hall, smaller hall show type thing. So it doesn't really, doesn't matter where I'm boxing. Really, it's just great to be when I get the chance to be on the big shows. It's, it's great to have that opportunity, you know.
2: Yeah, from a coaching perspective, Paul working with the likes of Nick and Shacker and a few of the other lads who so are very similar height you know Peter McGrail all that kind of stuff they're yeah. all a very similar size so sparring at your place I'd love to come down for sparring Day because it yeah. must be absolutely unreal yeah. but in terms of Alex do you have to hit the road with Alex get people in you know
1: yeah very much because um, we, I mean we've got a cruiserweight, a cruiserweight at the gym uh, probably in Tony Hart he, he's, he's not on the spill but um yeah, as you say, when when we have these lads sparring together, we also we have Peter and as you say, uh, ABA champ, Brad Strand, as well in the gym, all around are about similar weights, and the sparring is is brilliant. I mean, yeah. the other uh, it's proper world level sparring. The other night we had uh, we just let the, the whole gym rather than train, sit, got the benches out, just watch these six lads or so, and and learn, have an education watching them, which they did. They all did six rounds each. These these lads against each other, for Alex. Um, again we go out, we uh, we hit the road as you say. Oh we we do we do get people in as well. There was some uh, some good sparring come down uh last week. But it's you know, it's it's very different and training heavyweight is is very different to training the, the weight fighters. Alex as you mentioned before in that good environment where um he's seeing these lads really I and mean, well the the sessions that we give them in the gym, you know, they, they can be quite brutal and, uh, and we expect explosive work and we're not one of these gyms, you walk in our gym, you won't see anyone tapping the bag or you lay me in the rear if, if they do. You know, they are absolutely murdering the thing, you know, and and the and the working with, with technique, with flair, with, with um going with the grain of the of the boxer, the, of the way you've got it. But um Alex of course seeing these little fellas next to him, if you like, comparatively little, brutal but little. Uh, sending them in. It, it, you know, I I believe it brings out the best in Alex. And then, conversely, watching th- those lads seeing the the stuff and fly out the bag every time Alex lands a shot. You know, yep. they they're trying well, "I need I've got to have that heavyweight power. I've got to be ten, me hips. I've got to be, you know." So it, it works out great. Um, the sparring for the big fellas is my probably like any trainer. I imagine. Uh, worst nightmare because they're so big right them, yeah, lads? Yeah. Uh, they've got sledgehammers on the end of their hands. Every time you, you get out the ring you're tanking your lucky stars that the box hasn't been injured, hasn't knocked anyone out. You know, you yeah, get a shot on the shoulder of them you know, people like us, Nick, we took one of them, you dislocate your shoulder, they hurt, you, they break bones, you know what I mean? So just getting in and out of the spar with the minimum amount of damage that they're still okay for the fight, which they're getting paid for. Happy days.
2: You know. So who's the in terms of ERT then, who's the who's the comedian and the, there's always a comedian in the pack there's always yeah. someone that's cracking all the jokes and everything else who would you say that is right at
1: the minute it's Alex he's, he's mischievous and because uh, <laughs> the also, big fella gets yeah. away with murder yeah, yeah, yeah. you yeah. see You yeah. do what he wants one want that sticks
3: out the most yeah.
1: also also young, uh, young Mishak who tries to get in everyone's head doesn't he yeah. Alex you know, yeah, he's, he's dangerous a, yeah he's dangerous he's dangerous man but yeah it's a good atmosphere in there and a good work ethic You know, when the bell goes we all train like, like you know like wild animals almost and but you know, there's a bit of fun there in the in the office before we get going.
2: Absolutely, yeah. And as I say, but you know, the last show at Greenbank Bank, Mishak for me almost stole the show, Nick. But what's he like to train alongside? You must spar a lot with him.
0: Yeah, he's boss because he's he trains like I do. Like he just wants the best out of his saying and proper proper goes out and kills it. He's got like the killer instinct and sparring with him, couldn't get better sparring to be honest. Proper hard puncher and got s- sort of similar styles. Like so, it's it's boss sparring. Yeah, you should sell
2: tickets for that ball Yeah. I'd pay to see that spar to be totally honest
1: with you. Again, that's another spar when they get out without in each other, I think, well, good because they, they don't go absolutely full out. But I do believe in sparring well, so you're looking at 85 to 90% of what maybe what they've got in there, which is a lot from, from these lads. They're both very um, both aggressive, but they're both skilled defensively as well, which you've got, you've got to have, you know. Um, so. Thankfully, no one's been, uh, no, no one's been badly hurt in those bars, but it's not for the ones that are trying. Very, very competitive, <laughs> but, but they're close to shake hands at the end, you know, which is what it's about. Absolutely, yeah. yeah.
2: You're listening to Fight Disciples on Radio T- City Talk. I'm joined with the crew from Everton Red Triangle. The show this weekend, Saturday night, Grand Central Hall. Uh, tickets will be available on the door, Paul? Yeah, on yep. the
1: door. £40 flat fee for, the, for all the tickets. Yes, perfect. So when,
2: perfect. Yeah. And first fight is?
1: Uh, first fight will be probably Conor Butler who's uh, making his debut. Is that about seven uh, o'clock? Seven yeah, thirty? 8, eight p.m. Yeah, 8 so p.m. doors open at seven, and the uh, the, it gets started for eight.
2: Perfect. Get yeah. down there, support the lads. ERT Pro Show, Grand Central Hall, this Saturday night. Stick with us. Coming up in part two, we're going to talk a little bit about the history of Everton Red Triangle and what we can hope for in two thousand nineteen.
1: You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast.
2: Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. I'm delighted to say, I'm still joined in the studio by Nick Ball, Alex Dickinson, the one and only the coach himself. Mm-hmm. Um, Everton Red Triangle in the house, of course, we are. We just talked then during the commercial break about uh my first interaction with the Lonsdale belt, not the new Lonsdale belt, by the way, the old rose gold Lonsdale belt. It was Alan Rudkins, uh, one of Liverpool's greats, all time greats, of course. Me and Paul have just been rapping then off here about it, but it ended up at Everton Red Triangle gym, Paul. But how did you know how it ended up there? Because he never he never boxed for Everton Red Triangle, did he? At any stage? No, but no. He,
1: he was a, he was a good friend of uh, of Joe Curran's who who at the club from about eighties um, through to about well, when we we took over it from about let's um, say about two thousand, maybe before Joel left completely, and then uh, he sadly died you know, not long uh, later. Yeah. But uh, I I remember it being at the gym because uh, Alan was there one night, and he um there was a bar downstairs and the the club upstairs. And uh, Alan had left it in a quick safe bag under the uh, under the <laughs> the bench he brought it in to show it and yeah he left it there so it was it was there for a while but as you said old rose gold different look than the uh, than the modern belts you know a uh, beautiful thing yeah yeah uh, brilliant to... Uh, priceless
2: so. I think now I think so yeah. I think it's seen some the day. they with six figures them now Are they? them rose gold ones yeah. yeah the old fashioned ones don't get me wrong the British belt today it's the same looking and belt it's still magnificent but it's yeah. obviously it's plated these days yeah but that Alan Rudkin come on, that was solid rose gold, yeah, like special, you know. Man. And he's got it in a quickie bag.
1: Yeah, I suppose maybe you know no now when you get it, you've got a big uh, attaché case, uh, of course. stainless steel built, you know, aluminium, should say. Uh, but back then, maybe not. Or if you did, it got lost in the sands of time, the original case, and it's just got the belt. But
2: anyway. yeah, absolutely. We had Callum Smith was in the studio a couple of weeks ago, and he'd come in laden with these big, huge silver cases. Yeah. Yeah, he had, had the rig magazine belt in a, a North Face rucksack. Yeah. Just there you go. You know, <laughs> know what I mean? It's like absolutely priceless, them things. Yeah. Um, in terms of the history of Everton Red Triangle, men, obviously, you're both proudly. Obviously, Alex, you start off at Kirby where you won your ABA title later, You yeah. switched over to ERT for your, your pro scene and everything yeah. else. But do you know much about the history of Everton Red Triangle and the significance in, in Liverpool?
3: Uh, before I joined the club, I didn't know too much about it. Um, I just knew that with Paul. Paul the way Paul coaches is unbelievable. Um but we've been in the gym for the last year. We, we say we watch all videos and Paul talks about all like Evan triangle in the old days. So start to know a little bit more about it, like say uh uh Alan you're talking about then. Um so I know a little bit, but obviously Paul Paul knows a lot more than us. Yeah, of course. Very wise, wise man.
2: Absolutely. Um the history of the club, Paul, is absolutely phenomenal when you look into it, you know. Yeah. Um, What made, what was the decision when this whole Pro-Am thing came in? Because you you guys were the trailblazers for this city. I think you were the first club to go
1: Pro-Am, is that right? Yeah, well, I I think we were, yeah. Certainly one of them.
2: Yeah. What what was the decision there? Because obviously, with a club so steeped in amateur boxing history, you know, to make that big progressive step to go, you know what, to move forward, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go Pro-Am.
1: Yeah. Well, it was, I say it was this, Am I said yeah, but there, there was a sort of professional presence in that um, we did, there was some good professional fighters come out of the gym through yeah. the, the 30s, 40s. I uh,
2: remember 50s. Jamie McKeever was based there when he was yeah, British he was, champion, yeah, when yeah. he was a pro, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Jamie was there, same with Tony. I mean, earlier on there was a fighter called uh, Dickie Bear who boxed Panama R. Lewis uh, twice. Um, a funny sto- story because we are in the gym a few uh, years ago and a couple of an Amer- Americans come in, American couple. And he said, my granddad used to box here. His, uh, his name was Dick Burke. So I said, well, come here. Here's a faulty of him on the wall. You know, they wow. couldn't believe it. They made it up. Since then, um, they, they, they live in Washington. Since then, they've been coming over every year to our club presentation, make donations to the club, you know. Brilliant. The, Dickie Burke's great-grandson now. He's been trained at the gym. and Great. Then uh, a little while ago, someone came in, searching for a book from uh, Nell Alton. Uh, and they were, they were doing a little piece on him. And then, you know, um, he brought in... I think you've seen him, Nick. Some forties uh, or some very old Everton Red Triangle medals from nineteen twenty twenty one with the brilliant little medals, are With the yeah, Red yeah. Triangle engraved on them, and it's great. But anyway, so there's a little. Well, bit you showed
2: it. me them, and I, first thing I said was, "You've got to remake them yeah, yeah, for, for your bit. end of year awards because
1: yeah, right. they're, they're amazing, aren't they? And on the back, the the engraving and the and the date that they were made. Uh, Nell's fam, family have got them now, but um, amazing things. And it, it humbles you to see like the, uh, that's the, almost hundred years ago, ninety uh, seven years ago. Uh, they were from and uh, to, to see that the red triangle was going back then and you know amazing thing but in the modern day we've in the last sort of uh, 20 years since I've been coaching uh, we've had about, about 50 national amateur champions uh, pro champions but it, it came about we'd um, remember there was a few of our fighters so it was never our intention really to turn pro we trained the amateurs and we're happy doing it you know, you know a good job of it but then a couple of our fighters, they wanted to the turn pro and they've, um, they've heard of the... We, we brought them through from scratch. But they did the other stories of pro boxing. You, you get robbed, you get this, you get ripped off, you get... Everyone's a snake, in it? Yeah, of <laughs> course. Know, it's maybe an exaggeration, it, but there's it's a, There's a veil of truth to yeah, all that as well. It's Let's be honest. You know, but you, you know it's cutthroat. You're, you're okay. You're in, a, you're in a good place. Anyway, so they asked us if we would train them and, and take it over, which we did. And uh, it was successful. You know, we uh, again, uh, of those uh, first three that we started with, we had... Um, Commonwealth champion, two British champions, two European champions, world title challenges. just off those three. Then of course more come through and we're quite different to a lot of pro gyms in that we don't we're not waiting for someone to walk in the door. We're building ours from scratch. We know how to do that, you know, from, from the ground up. So we, we build them into amateur champions, and then into professional champions and there's a there's a it's a difficult road to do. I mean, a lot easier if someone just walks in the gym already accomplished already with a massive amateur record or, or a great following, maybe a good world ranking. Yeah. And you know, who wouldn't want that? But at the same time, it's it is a satisfaction there when someone does when you've when you've brought it when you've done it the hard way, the traditional way, when you've trained, when you've been there for the first amateur fight and through the small halls and you took them round. For the first pro fights, you've you've built them up, you've you've manoeuvred them through the rankings, you've took fights you should have lost, but you've won. And then eventually, you know, they get they get crowned a champion of, of, of some, some kind of British Commonwealth, European, even you know, if you can get a world champion, there's something sweet about that. Yeah, you know. Of course. Yeah.
2: Well, you've literally took it from a nut, yeah, grew it into a tree, yeah. you know, and then it, it you know it's exploded from there. Yeah. Is that the journey you've been on, Nick? Did you start at Everton Red Triangle?
0: No, I was at Kirby as well with Alex, weren't I? And then um I've been at Everton Red Triangle now for about what a year, year and a bit. But when I was at Kirby, I mentioned that I wanted to turn pro. I quit, I quit boxing for a bit, and uh, when I was at an amateur, and um, I was mentioning I wanted to turn pro, and everyone just kept saying to me, "Go to Everton Red Triangle with Paul Stevenson, Go to Everton Red Triangle." So here I am now, and it's been the best thing I've ever done, to be honest. <laughs> is it that? Is it the fact that the club has got that amateur base? Do you think that
2: it's familiar? For, fight, for fighters to come in you know two you know our Kirby lads here who were hugely successful as amateurs they've stepped into Everton Red Triangle it feels familiar to them because there's
1: still kind of that amateur it, setup. Or it, it's possible but it's, it's different you see because we have an, um, we have the amateurs training at night there's a proper world of difference Nick between that session and the session to run for the pros you yeah. understand like they're the serious and all, all amateurs are very very serious and you know we've got a great amateur team we've had five national champions already this year alone and um uh, just recently young Joe McGrail uh, went out to Russia won a silver medal out in the European Championships Peter won a Commonwealth Peter McGrail won a Commonwealth uh, gold medal this year so with well, the amateurs have always done well but the I've always taught them me in a amateur pro call it what you want I teach lads to box right and, and it's a not be it and as you said before you don't teach them all the same because everyone's different mm-hmm. you go with the grain you know if you're, if you're a carpenter you know and sort of having them like that it's tricky to explain. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get across the, the difference. Because there's very
2: much an amateur style. So I, I was at Tony Bell's gym last week and we were talking. I was talking to Dave Caldwell yeah. and I was talking to spe- specifically about Anthony Fowler, one of Liverpool's most decorated amateur boxers, been there, done everything. Yeah. And he was saying it's, it's taken longer for me to transition Fowler than a lot of lads who've only had 10 amateur fights yeah. just purely because he's got that GB... Amateur point scoring style—it's yeah. ingrained in him. I'm having to change him now. So, as a coach looking at amateurs, do you, are you conscious this kid's got potential to be a, a, a pro champion? I'm going to coach him this kind of way, or is that just the way ERT coaches? Is that no. what you're trying
1: to say? We we just go as I say. we'll we, I look at him. Um, obviously, you have got an eye on the big picture. If we spots you know, we spot talent straight away, like, like I suppose any good uh, trainer in the woods, you spot a, a diamond from a piece of glass, but you you'd still. Um, I I believe in teaching them because you don't know what situation you're going to be in. You might be six foot three, and uh, and are saying uh, you know a lot of lot of uh, trainers wouldn't teach you head movements in that mm-hmm. situation. Well, don't move your head, and don't don't learn to slip, and why waste your time? Use a long jab. But there'll be a moment when you're in there and you're going to need it. You need every tool in the bag, really, and you need it razor sharp as well for on the night when you do need it. This thing that you that you that you land and um, it comes to us all when when you're in the ring. Uh, it's a funny experience in being in the ring, and but your, your mind, like it, it's it's an amazing thing, and it, it's got a big filing system in there of all your experiences. If I've shown you how to defend to the body, if I've shown you how to how to maneuver your man inside, if I've shown you how to how to counter punch off the ropes or whatever it is, and the moment you need it, bang, there it is. It's in there. It's something you've done before. Yeah. So I exposed them to it. So we in that, in that way. A lot of our amateurs get trained in a very much professional style from day one from when they're eleven years old, from when they walking walk in the, the door, they're learning how to body punch, they're how to how to catch shots and counter, they're learning the economical ways to do things. Mm-hmm. I can move my feet out, move them back in, I can keep doing that all day. There's a limit to it. Um difficult to do that for twelve rounds. Yeah. You know, you need more economical things, you need to be able to move your head, turn your shoulders. Why wait and you go pro before you learn that? learn it now, you know, why not? And yeah. you know, I, I believe in teaching them.
2: So with someone like Nick, for instance, obviously I'd like to think and we'll come on to this later in the show. I'd like to think the short term goal for Nick in the foreseeable is obviously a run towards a British title first and foremost. Uh-huh. Likely Alex as well. I'm using Nick as an example because he's a similar size to say a Peter McGrail. Well, Peter McGrail's goal right now is Tokyo 2020 yeah. gold medal. Yeah. Is there a comp- do you ca- can you coach them in the, in a similar manner, or are you doing something completely different with Nick planting his feet, getting his shots heavy? head movement, good footwork, with Peter in, out, don't get it, footwork. You know what I mean? Is it? Yeah,
1: a di- difference in, in, in uh, the approach calling because Nick's a different fighter. Yeah. Uh, Nick, I'm hoping we'll, uh, we'll move into the title, uh, titles for this next uh, this next contest. Great. Uh, but uh, no, because if you watch Peter boxing, Peter's got better head movement than most pros. If he needs head movement, that's what he uses. If he needs footwork, that's what he uses. If he needs a combination of them, you know, that's what he uses. If he needs singles, he uses those combinations, same thing. Nick's a uh, very different fighter to Pete. But, uh, but the, the, the end result is the same, to, to hit with what you've got without getting caught back against the style you know that you're in against. So with Nick um, in, in training, for example, Pete does three rounds, three, three, so uh, five at the most If it does a world series of boxing. Very much uh, short, explosive work, um, with great speed and great technique. Nick, on the other hand, um, although he's boxing, potentially he's doing six for this one, did eight for this last one, will be doing ten, should be, for his for this next one. Yeah, and a different game definitely but a different fighter and um, we do have Nick twisting a lot more into his shots because a very short puncher a very explosive puncher can, can is gonna need it you know so yeah it's just it's just a recipe of, of what's needed um you know you look at like a, i don't know you look at a sculpt or something like that the um you know they've got a certain piece of rock and it doesn't respond in the same way and you've got and to get something every single one of them you know Nick is, is so different and the art of it is Tapping into it and, and understanding what you've got in front of you and how to maximise it, you know what I mean? So, of course. I, so I believe we're good at it. And, you know, I spent a, a lot of time thinking about it and, and working on it with all the lads. So, Well, listen,
2: success yeah. breeds success at the end of the day. Of yeah. course, you're good at it. The, the results speak for themselves. In terms of yourself, then, Nick, you obviously had Kirby, you had that break, you've come back, you've, you've gone to Paul, you're out at ERT. Where would you say over the last 12, 18 months where you've made the biggest advances?
0: Um, well, c- come on the most. Yeah, we've well, like, come on the most. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just every, every day you learn you learn something new with Paul. Like the way he's change my style and improve my style. It's just amazing. Like the things that I never thought I could learn with Paul, I've learned them, and it's just improving. And I've still got obviously a lot to learn, but yeah, I'm improving every day.
2: What's your What's your favorite part of
0: of training? What's What's the one thing that you look forward to? What's the one thing you think? Oh no. All of it, to be honest. All of it. Um, the, the diet is a bit where you're like, oh, no. But, but the, the training part for me, I, lo- I love training. Like, there's there's sometimes where Paul has to say, I me to have a little step back, because I'm always wanting to train. So the training part for me is the best. Like, that's what I love to do.
2: No diet for you, mate. No. You're okay. Oh. <clears throat> no diet <throat> issues at all. They stay fat and happy, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. So <laughs> you missed out. You see, Nick, you should have went heavyweight, you know. No. You'll be regretting it forever. Um... <clears throat> In terms of yourself, then, obviously, Alex, yeah. you've know you you've made the same change, the same move from Kirby to ERT. I mentioned it to you last time, and you, and you basically bluntly said, I went there because Paul was there. Yeah. And that was it. But the, yeah. there's got to be more to it, because there's other gyms around the city, around the Northwest, yeah. where as a heavyweight, you have mm-hmm. gone, well, I've got sparring there every day, I've got this there every day, this guy's worked with heavyweights before, the experience is there, everything else. So there must have been something that, when you met Paul, when you first walked in at ERT, you thought, this is it, this is where I'm going to make
3: it. Um, just is not the, the knowledge in, in Paul is um, amazing and it's not just it's the vibe you get off someone as well you can go into gyms with people and not so not get like that um, like a click yeah and with Paul you, you've got it and his so knowledge and the way you can see things boxing wise is unbelievable and um, like I say I used to go over there sparring with uh, the lads in Everman Triangle as an amateur and when I was over there, I could just it just felt like I knew from straight away. When I first time went into that gym sparring when I was at Kirby, I knew to myself, if I'm turning pro, I'm turning pro in a triangle. And it was the lads as well in the gym at the time. The, the lads in the gym at the time when I was going over there, they were always having a laugh and it was just a great atmosphere. And that's what you need in the gym as well is you be serious, but you also need to have that little bit of a, a joke and not think about boxing too much sometimes, you know, and just forget about it. Um, but yeah, just I I I say to everyone, Evan Red Triangle is uh by far one of the best gyms, or is the best gym I've ever been in. It's um, and Paul does Paul Paul's coaching the uh, pro lads on his own, and he works hard. And you know he does when I've got to work with sparring you know, the James got to change around for the other lads. To the other lads have got to change their times for training and stuff like that to help me out. And it's the same with myself. If the other lads have got to go out, I've got to change my times. And Paul's got to do it all himself, drug driving and stuff like that. It's it's hard for him, but... Well, worthwhile though. Yeah. Well, well that's it. There.
2: Listen, at the end of the day, these guys are chasing your dream, but you're living your dream as well. Do yeah. You know what I mean? You've got your own goals in life and your own ambitions as well. And in that regard, you know, you've got, so much talent there as I say in the lighter weight divisions ERT famously has always had it locked down and the future's so exciting for at least six or seven lads out of your gym who I could then pick now and go if they're not all at least British champion I include you, you in this by the way Nick. at least British I'm champion me. I'd be yeah, disappointed but <laughs> what I'm saying is when a heavyweight walks in and goes I want to say here as a coach as a boxing coach you've got to go fancy a heavyweight champion yeah. well
1: every <laughs> yeah. every i would imagine most uh because there's boxing boxer. then there's heavyweight
2: boxing that's two different it. sports that's
1: yeah. it I, I would imagine most um most trainers have a have a have a goal of training a uh, world champions of any weight but heavyweight champions certainly it's got a, a history behind it it's a you know it's a it's a, it's, a, it's, th- it's the big boys in it it's it's the, the biggest of the biggest of the, the, the best the best stuff so um, but again, there's no way, uh, there's no, there's no favouritism in that respect. I mean, we, we work hard with all our lads, and as you say, we've got a, a great team. And they are a great bunch of lads, and yeah, you know, we work hard, but they work hard, and it, you know, it's it's them that's getting in the ring, and it's them that deserve you know the credit for the things that they learn, the things that they're doing, and um, you know, great bunch of lads to work with because. The worst thing is the trainer you can have is someone with a sour face when they walk in the gym in the morning. I just throw them straight back out again and take the face somewhere else. You know, we want uh, we want big smiles and positivity. When I ask you how how you are, I don't really care. I just <laughs> want you to say great. You <laughs> know brilliant what i mean? That's means. it. That's it. I don't want to. Uh, you know, when you go to church, you uh, the Lord be with you and also with you. That's what I want. Just a response straight back automatic am brilliant. Thanks, Paul. And uh, and we get on with it. You know, and with that positive attitude and with the work ethic, not the lads proper. The lads are there, to so this serious, nick these lads, you know, you'll you'll see it on Saturday night when uh, when those lads get in that in that ring and they get the chance to shine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Once again, Everton
2: Red Triangle show this Saturday, Grand Central Hall. Tickets on the door. Doors open about seven o'clock. First fight at eight. Both these lads are on, as well as many others. Don't miss it. Stick with us as you listen to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk.
1: You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast.
2: Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. I'm delighted to still have the Everton Red Triangle Gang in the studio with me. Coach Paul Stevenson, the one and only Nick Ball, and of course Alex Dickinson. Both Nick and Alex fight this weekend at Grand Central Hall. Saturday night, once again, tickets on the door, doors open at 7, first fight at 8, don't miss it. This is what it's all about. Listen, we all love going to the, to the big shows at the Echo Arena, Manchester Arena and everything else. Alex is usually on them shows as well. But this is what the sport's all about. You've got to support this level as well. And you know what? It'll be a cracking card on Saturday night at Grand Central Hall. It's worth going alone. If you've never seen Nick Ball fight, go and watch Nick. Because I'm <laughs> telling you now, he blew me away at Green Bank. This kid has gone places, absolutely gone places. And Paul, you mentioned earlier on that the plan short-term now is this fight, 10-rounder, British title, Big title fight earlier in 2019. Have you sat down, Nick? Have you mapped this out in your mind? Are you thinking, okay, this fight on Saturday? Then I'm looking here, maybe December, January. Then next year, are you are you plotting a route to a title shot?
0: No, I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing, like what what I'm meant to do. But um, Paul, Paul, Paul sorts so, all that out. But I'll just I'll get in whenever and it be whoever and fight fight whenever. So whoever, whenever. Wherever from a coaching <laughs> perspective,
1: mate, that's what you want, isn't that's it? What you want, you know, is Nick? Nick knows we, you know, we've all got jobs, haven't we? Uh, to be honest, Nick's got the most difficult job, like, like all our boxers have. You know, they're, they're the ones who are, uh, who are getting in there from uh, but he makes my life easy because he's exciting to watch, uh, explosive, uh, fast learner. He's he's as he said earlier, the biggest problem is sometimes holding Nick back because he, he wants to do more and do more and do more, and you've got to you know, you've got to save a little bit for, for, for fight night. I'm hopeful that um, I'm working on it at the minute if we can get um, you know we we'll get these rounds out on uh, Saturday and then I'm hopeful for the title fight I'd like to put on another show in February I'm looking at just sorting things out with it now and hopefully get Nick boxing for the for the English title that's not a set yet but that's the that's sort of goal for Nick and then, um, and then from there I'm sure he'll do a great job and I'm sure he can do that one step at a time, of course, but then there's no reason why you can't be boxing for big titles like that and, and beyond, you know, in the very, very near future.
2: Will that be a feather, down a feather, or yeah, will Dan it be a feather? He, yeah, we, yeah.
1: he weighed in for the last one at Nine Stone 2 the day before. We did an unofficial weigh in, it was with it being a, The last contest was supposed to be for a, um, a challenge belt, but the board withdrew it in the weeks building up to the fights. We threw the belt altogether uh, from, from all the weights, but Nick still, and uh, our opponent still, which was Brian. Uh, Philip still weighed in at nine two the day before, so yeah. Nick did the weight really well. He come in the ring real big the next night as well, and it, it's it's a good experience. And we, we of course have at, uh, at over t- as a gym over twenty five uh, professional title fights, we won most of them, and, uh, and most of them we've been underdogs for. We know all about making weight the day before, but. The boxer, every boxer like every boxer's is different in the gym. Every boxer's body, holds sorts of fluid and and things like that, differently. Cool. So it's it's great to get that, uh, that experience. He's done that already, very early in his career. Done it brilliantly as well, and very professionally. The weight making is difficult, you know. And um, so,
2: are you already points. casting your eye over this featherweight division domestically, Nick? You know, will you watch the copper box on Saturday to watch Jordan Gill's Commonwealth featherweight title fight and think, okay, may, you know, maybe not next year, but towards eighteen months' time, that's where I've got to
0: be. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch them, yeah, and I'll get in with them any time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on. I'm ready. I'm ready. Come on. Yeah, because that's, that's what I'm there to do. I'm not here to mess about or anything. I'm I'm ready for anything now, so I'll get in with anyone at my rate right now.
2: Absolutely. Alex, slightly different at your weight. You've got to be a little bit more patient at heavyweight. It's a yeah. bit more of a uh, a marathon rather than a sprint. Uh, are you happy with the journey you're on so far? And what, what does 2019 hold? You know, we've got this fight the weekend... Out again December 22nd, yeah. uh, as long as health permits. Yeah. Um, that'll mean you'll end the year eight eight straight fights. Hey, yeah, yeah. Um, 2019, what's the goal there? Four or five
3: fights? Um, yeah, hopefully... I'm down for four fights with uh, Frank Warren, so hopefully I get me four fights with him and then maybe a couple of fights with Paul as well. Um, so, yeah, four, five, six fights. I, I keep myself in half-decent condition, so um, I don't let myself go too bad. So... Yeah, just keep myself busy. Least I've had a year and a half. I've had six fights, so I wouldn't mind again. Same again next year. Keep yeah. busy.
2: Obviously, the heavyweight division, internationally, is all about domestically. Yeah. Uh, with the guys at the top of the tree, but also there's a there's a there's a, like a third tier with it right now. There's Joshua, there's Fury, then there's Dillian White and Chisora, and then there's that this new new generation, if you like, coming through of the likes of Gorman's and Dubois yeah. and yourself. Yeah. Um you Kind of look at that prospect and think, Yeah, this is shaping up pretty nicely. Yeah, it's course. In 12 I, 18 months' time, yeah, gonna course. be some big F- fights. I
3: fancy all that. Um, but at the moment, I'm concentrating on myself and, um, I, w- I, will, get, I will get there and I, I, and I most probably will box them and, um, and I will beat them. At the moment, I'm just concentrating on Saturday and then on, on to the next one and see what happens. But hopefully, in the next 18 months, I'm touching, I'm close to. Boxing, them.
2: yeah, absolutely. I'm sure matching Nick is easier than matching Alex. Paul, what's the difference between trying to match up a heavyweight? Is it a bit more of like a, a chess game? You want to try with a bit of
1: this, time with a bit of that, you know? Well, to be honest, there's uh, Alex is uh, well, I manage uh, Nick and um, Connor and, and Misha uh, and Brandon. At the minute, uh, Alex is managed by MTK, so they're first and foremost the lads who who are doing the matching for Alex. Yeah. And um, for this show, it's different because you know I'm putting them on on a show of our own. So uh, what usually will happen? Um, the MTK lads will, will offer me typically three to four opponents for for Alex. They're the ones you know credit where it's due, doing a brilliant job for Alex Absolutely. behind the scenes yeah. and getting him getting them where he where he you know where he has to be. And um, and so they'll they'll give us three or four opponents, and like with any opponents, because they they switched on and I am, so they will off here. They say Paul, you know the fighter, you know so this style suits them. Yeah, no, it's something what we're looking for for the for the future and, and and we work together very much and you know it's it's a good relationship we have with them and all all three of us together, Alex, myself, the MCK lad. So it's uh, it's working well. And um, you know what it's like, uh, Nick, out there it's a, it's a it's a minefield. You can't make any mistakes and if course. you do, you go right to the back of the queue. And in this day and age. We, we we're talking about some old, older fighters before, weren't we? In them days, uh, losses and, and, and draws and things were very much a part of the learning process. Uh, very much accepted you'd lose one week, you'd win the next, you know. is, But in, in this day and age, it's a lot less forgiving, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, and the prospects are maybe not you know not afforded, a sort of uh, anything like that. So we have to make sure we're always ready and um, that the 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 matching is is, is right that the alex is in top shape performs well each time he's, he's been doing brilliant alex he's had uh, six contests. four of them have gone early all of them four have gone out with one punch you know flat out you know he's finding power now as heavyweight that he you know he, he always had any amateurs but didn't have a chance to show with those quick rounds so it's coming through fast learner and um, he's going to surprise a lot of people people you know he's got brilliant mobility for every I mean he's not small Alex right he's 225 pound in the ring 16 stone a young Tyson 200 and 215 a Sonny Liston 212 George yeah. Foreman at his, at his peak 215 Joe Frazier 202 you know uh, Joe Lewis similar and I understand it was a, a, a smaller era and these giants have always been around Jack Dempsey Boxers um, Jess Willard 6 foot 7 300 pound big big man you No, know, they've always been around those giants when you're over 200 pound you're big enough You know, and Alex, big, mobile, strong, fast learning, on the rise. Watch out for him. You know, he's going to surprise a lot of people. Absolutely. Listen,
2: I can't wait for 2019, matey, because there's so many options out there. Both you guys are flying. The gym's flying. Um, I think ERT could have a massive year in 2019. You've got so many lads who are at a very similar level, just under 10 pro fights, but making big waves, making all the right moves in the right areas. You know, it's a credit to yourself, obviously, the fact that you can do the amateurs, the pros, and put on shows as well. I bet your wife doesn't even know what your name is anymore.
1: (laughs) Give it a due. She'll have to get a bunch of flowers after uh, after this one. Just a bit. She's
2: expecting a big Christmas present, I'm sure. Uh, Before we sign off tonight, I want to ask the three of you about, obviously, it's a massive uh, period in the history of Liverpool boxing right now. We've had three, or we've been scheduled for three, in the final part of this year, three of the biggest fights in the city's history. We've won the first one. Callum Smith became Ring Magazine, World Boxing Super Series, R.H. Sophie, WBA Super World Champion, whatever you want to call it. He's the kid that's super middleweight, the number one on the planet, Callum Smith. Sensational performance against George Groves. I'm sure all of you, like me, knew he was going to win it anyway, so it yeah. wasn't a problem. But now we roll into two substantially bigger fights. Obviously, November the 10th, Tony Bellew takes on Alexander Usk, and then the main man, Rocky Field, and goes to New York to take on Canelo. From your point of view, Nick, which one are you looking forward to most? And... Are you like me, completely and utterly biased, and think both our lads are going to win?
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to the bell. You of me, because um, everyone's everyone's like writing him off on that. And I, I think he's, I think he's going to do it, make myself. I like. I like him so. Usyk looked
2: sensational in the world boxing super series. You know, he he toy, he seems to toy with everybody. I think he was made to look better in the final against Gassiev because Gassiev was just kind of one dimensional. Um, then maybe. Years, I think the, the semi final was probably a bit better. People are saying Tony Bell, has got a puncher's chance. Do you think he's got more than a puncher's chance?
3: Uh, I'm gonna say it. I reckon you're gonna stop him within six rounds. Nice, I reckon he's I gonna stop him.
2: Love it. That's what it's all about. This is why yeah. we do fight disciples up the top of the tower for Radio City Talk because yeah. we're all 100% scouts biased and we don't care. <laughs> we don't care about it. Paul, from a coaching perspective, yeah, which is the tougher assignment? Then let me ask you that. Uh,
1: they're both quite similar in, uh, in difficulty, I think. Both, uh. Both, uh, sort of, if not Everest's, both big, uh, big, difficult fights for both. But uh, Tony Bellew's always shown, and he, he's been written off so many times, and he, and he keeps surprising people. And so you've got to give him, you've got to give him his due. there. Uh, he's got a, a real good chance going in there. And like the lad said, wouldn't it be brilliant to see him, uh, to see him do it. And um, the fight with Rocky and and Alvarez, you know, imagine Rocky's perspective, right? Uh, even just before he won his world title, before he got off it, of how long ago was that, now? When he won the world title, yeah. about five months ago. So imagine, say, say eight months before that when he hadn't even been offered the world title shot. Yeah. Can you imagine how much his life's turned around now from going from? Well, that? don't forget he missed and out
2: on world and super series.
1: Yeah, well, exactly. And then, and then next minute, look, he's fighting Alvarez, and you know when you saw them stand next to each other, you know I know Alvarez is Alvarez, and none of us are you know under any illusions. A man's a you know a hell of a fighter, but you see the size difference there between the two. You've got to give, you've got to give that some. Um, you know you couldn't if I was Rocky Fielding going in, you know. The, I'm sure he's got a he's got a a great payday and else, but I'm sure in his mind he must be thinking I can do this, you know what I mean? I can I can and if he goes in with that attitude, there's two men in there throwing shots, he's got a chance, hasn't he? You know what I mean? And of course. You know, and the size of him and he's he's the world champion now. It's different than than that. And this fella's coming to try and take his belt. I'm sure if that's part of his mental makeup, which I'm sure it is, he's gonna uh, you know, he's he's not gonna just roll over, he's gonna he's gonna fight for it every step of the way, he's got a chance. A good one.
2: On social media, Nick, I was surprised by the amount of supposed boxing fans that were saying, Oh, Rocky Field he doesn't deserve a shot like that.
0: Yeah, giving him stick and all that, yeah, it was ain't good, was it? But you put yourself in his shoes, and um, if, that, if that happened, like anything's possible in it. So, I I think he can do it. I Me, mean, as Paul said, the size difference when he was standing next to each other, he was a lot bigger than him, and anything's possible. So that's
2: every boxer's dream, isn't it, Alex? Yeah, to get, get the phone
0: call to go. Yeah, mate. Imagine the uh, the pound for pound
2: number one ticket selling boxer on the planet wants to fight you for your belt. Oh, and yeah. by the way, we're going to do it at Madison Square Garden.
3: Yeah. Come well, on. off, Exactly. Yeah.
2: Regardless, but. Yeah. You know, Rocky Fielding had just been to Germany. Nobody else wanted to go to Germany because mm. so many Brits have been to Germany and got robbed or lost, whatever. Not only that, Tyron Zuger's on a six fight uh, run as the world champion, this was a sixth defence. No one else wanted to take that yeah. fight. And he goes out there, does him, does him in Stops style, him, by yeah. the way. Never, you know, it wasn't a lucky decision, nothing like mm. that. Stopped him, obliterated him. For me, that's his reward, Paul. Canelo's yeah, the
1: reward. Exactly, yeah. he took his chance there, and he's he's an inspiration I would imagine to young pros coming through because you know he hasn't had it easy. As he uh, he hasn't had it all his own way, and he got put in with with Callum Smith, and, and what happened happened. But he rebuilt himself, and he come back, and he got a chance, right? So he, he got a chance, and he grabbed hold with both hands, and it's changed his life. You know, it's, it's if that's not for any boxer who's feeling down, oh, I want to pack this game in. I don't know how, how long I can go on. You never know what's just around the corner. Look at that. No, from, from where he was to where he is now, it's, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. That, that's boxing. That's the, the magic of it. You know, Lives can be, can be turned around, can be changed. You, know, you, you don't stop believing in it. And you you, know, you, you hang tough and you, you take your chance when it comes.
2: OK, before we sign them off, I'm going to get one name off each of you. And I'm going to say, let's say it plays out like we want it to play out. Tony Bell, you knocks out Usyk. Rocky and knocks out Canelo. Even saying that makes me smile. Rocky and knocks out Canelo. For 2018, who is Merseyside's, in fact, probably Britain's number one boxer? Do you go with the first ever Ring Magazine champion and Callum Smith, the best super middleweight on the planet? Do you go with Tony Bellew going back to Cruiserweight to become undisputed Cruiserweight champion and Ring Magazine belt champion? Or do you go with Rocky Fielding for knocking out Canelo, the number £one pound-for-pound boxer on the planet? Just all I want is a name. Nick?
0: Rocky Fielding. Rocky Field. Rocky Field. Yeah! <laughs> 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 We're going to finish right there. Rocky Field.
2: And listen, I've spoke to Rock as well. I said, listen, get it in the contract. Your rematch, because there will be a rematch clause if you beat Canelo. Of course there will be. Yeah. Anfield in May. That's what we want. And right. we've got two lads here who happily go on the undercard as well. Nick. Alex, Paul, thank you so much Thanks, for joining Nathan. me in the nice studio. Don't forget, Everton Red Triangle Show this weekend, Grand Central Hall. Tickets on the door, doors open at 7, first fight at 8. Get down there, all the lads are on it. going to be an absolute cracker. I'll catch you here next week. Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk.
1: Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.